and action and welcome everybody this is BMP weekly episode 163 it is 25th of april 2022 Aha, i got the year right so winning eventually yes after <laughs> after two years you got the right yes it's a good start for monday so yeah. <laughs> yes you you start with the small wins and it will make you feel better um my name is sasa yuvan and i'm a program no, I'm a product manager in the Microsoft 365 platform oh, side of the house. <laughs> Nothing really changed, but the title changed. <laughs> so for whatever reason, uh, and with me as a co-host is uh, co-host, <laughs> co <laughs> you know, firefighters and <laughs> <Yes. laughs> okay, as a co-host is Waldek. So who are you? <laughs> Good day, everybody. My name is Vali Mazdekas and I am Cloud Developer Advocate for Microsoft 365 at Microsoft. Excellent. And uh, in PMP Weekly, we always talk about the latest on the Microsoft 365 within the past week. So we collect the articles and please use the hashtag PMP Weekly in Twitter um, as some of the hashtags within your tweeting. Uh, so we will actually catch all of the awesomeness what people are writing. Now, we do have a visitor this week. Who is it, Waldek? This week we're going to talk, or actually today, we're going to talk to Mikael Hansen, and he's been around for a long time, uh, working for the last few years uh, when he was still in community on search, and then he moved to Microsoft, and he's still working on search. So yes. you will probably, yes. as an MVP, you will know him from search, but over the course of years, he's been working on all of M365, O365, SharePoint in the past. And today we'll talk to him about what he's been doing for the last months. Last month, yeah, for a while after moving to the Microsoft. And, and yeah, Mikael is a really, really fun person to, to talk to because there's always like, it might be that we need to second time in our history use beep sounds yeah, within this interview. We'll so. see. I don't think so. <laughs> we'll see. But let's jump on the interview with uh, Mikael and then we'll come back for the articles. Scene. <laughs> so welcome Mikael to the BMP Weekly. Uh, it is episode 163 and as we were just wondering, this is actually a fourth time in the show <laughs> within the past five years, which is actually pretty mind-blowing. So, yeah. <laughs> But it's been a while right. actually wow. since your last time, last visit, right? Yeah, yeah I think yeah, I think I've been been crying most weeks like am I not going to be on here again? Like will they never <laughs> ask me again? They're yes. not inviting yeah. me anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've been I'm getting too old. I'm getting assimilated. <laughs> yeah, and, and isn't that what happens always for people who move to work in Microsoft? They just disappear. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I've I've sort of disappeared a bit from my blog. I mean, I'm blogging far less for the yeah. past three years, uh, not on purpose, but I guess because I'm spending more time working than I did before. But I was working before as well. But True. but maybe or, or I'm working on things I can't share. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And does that mean no. it just takes takes a while for things to ship? Like since I can't share anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then probably by the time they they ship, somebody else does the announcement, and you already work like on ten other things, which again sure. you cannot share. Sure. Sure. Yeah, but again, uh, let's before before we go before we go there, let's get into a quick intro. So who you are, and you've been now in sure. Microsoft how long? So I've been in. Uh, so my name is Mikael Svensson. Yeah, I, yeah, I work for Microsoft. I work with Microsoft Search. I'm a principal product manager. Uh, and I have been with Microsoft for three years come June 1st. So in another month, then I've been there three years. Before that, that time is moving fast. Three years already. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Like, before that, yeah. I was an MVP for eight years, was a consultant, M365, yep. SharePoint. Thanks. <laughs> SharePoint yeah. and cloudy things. So. Yes. Yeah. So that means well, I've back been... then there was there was on-prem, right? Started on-prem, yes. Uh, I guess, but I'm still in search. So, I mean, I've been doing search for over for 20 years. Over 20 yeah. years with enterprise search. In and I still haven't found roles. anything. And I still no. haven't found what I'm looking for, right? Royalties. Yeah. Royalties. Do not. Do yeah, not no, no, quote they will say. They will say. That's why I didn't sing it on the note because otherwise. Oh right, be... right. Because yeah. It's, it's um, default, yes. Fair yeah, enough. I actually submitted for a conference. I think that was actually part of a, part of my submission title. <laughs> Still having fun. Again. What you're looking for? Right? <laughs> that's not. I can imagine that's not really the best way to pitch search, <laughs> unless you would talk about you know the anti patterns of search. 
Yeah, and then or how we can use the different features to maybe find some find something. Yeah, to yeah. find some. Yeah. That was an interesting thing. Uh, I think today mm -hmm. I got a Facebook memory of us presenting at Ignite in Chicago about Graph, and you you did the you had a cool demo. I'm trying to recall what was it about. Labograph. Yeah. What, so what was it? Yeah. So so I made a solution where so version one of the graph api was which was exposed through the search api at the time so so i was looking at and there was what, the office graph right the office graph yeah before they split the names properly into microsoft graph and office graph i guess or, or yeah. just made everything in microsoft graph yeah but i was looking at uh what uh, what documents are you working or collaborating with someone else on and then how many documents are you working with them and then how many edits and views etc so i sort of created this this graph showing people closer to you, yes, those yeah, you collaborate yeah. more with, and then the stronger lines, the more documents you collaborate, and then you sort of pivot on your uh, on your view of the world. And I remember showing this to um, a woman at Microsoft Norway in the GSMO, and then just to test it out. And she looked at the graph, and then there was like this person in like, sort of like an outlier, like a thin line far up in the corner, and said, well, yeah, I should collaborate more with that person, but I know why I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that kind of insight is really invaluable, yeah. right? Like, yeah, like you should be cool. able to get that. Yeah. 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 I, I actually put that in the in the App Store, but I had to, when they removed the, the Graph API, which was in beta, and I guess it was yeah. in beta for three years before they killed it. So yeah. it was never released, so I had to remove that app from the App Store, but all good yeah. but it was it was it was, it was cool yeah. it was re really cool to think back like what kind of mm. complex things we could do just to go through exactly the edges and the nodes of mm. all the the graph that is already yeah. there yeah. right i mean that, that, yep. that is built based upon yeah. everything that we do in 365. but i'm happy that you remember more that i created a solution not that i was wearing a cape and a lightsaber on stage whoa so i remember <laughs> that i mean you Which, you ran across the audience with, with it yeah, I, um, I vividly remember all of that yeah and I, I and i put a gopro up on a like further away from the um, from the stage i could sort of look what this looked like yeah, like yeah. so i have my own edit it's actually on youtube but i can honestly say that it feels a lot better wearing a cape and hood than it looks because it looks <laughs> very dorky ridiculous <laughs> yeah it looks ridiculous but but all things said you won unless it's your app by the way yes i did like i won a uh, toy a giraffe. giraffe yeah the office giraffe office you, graph office you, giraffe you didn't but you didn't take it home back then right or have no, you because on a plane no because i had uh, already planned like what luggage I was going to check in. So, but, like, I mean, it was massive, right? It was yeah, yeah, yeah. almost like human size. So, so who endowed it? Like, someone wants a giraffe and then someone raced around. Yeah, I'll take it. I said, well, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's now, is, is anybody who's watching, if anybody's watching this who knows that they have that giraffe, it would be good to get the connection back. So, yeah. so where did it end and ended up going? So, that yeah. would be actually really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, by, by, by now it's probably three meters tall. Yeah. So they grow. Yeah, they grow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this was in 2015, I think, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Should yes. be all grown by now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Now, Mikael, as I as a, a few, few kind of, uh, let's say, uh, real work related things, as a Principal product manager. Now that you're a product manager, not a program manager, it's, it's still trying to also same switch same. the brain on yeah, yeah. on the title. What do you actually do? What What are you doing in Microsoft with them? Yeah. So uh, the team Things I work which with, I cannot tell, right? <laughs> so, no, no. So <laughs> sending so email. I, yeah. So <laughs> so I work on the team who's responsible for the search result page, which you see in SharePoint and Office.com. So that's sort of the result page. And there's a separate team working on the search box. So you would think that's the same thing, but it's not. They just have very close relationships because it's kind of hard to search without a search box. So, <laughs> so yeah. So we're a dev team we're and a PM. An API, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're a dev team and a PM team, and we sort of own different features uh, on that page. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so the image vertical, that was sort of, well, I was a uh, the one enabling it at least. Uh, so I didn't do the dev work. <laughs> that was a different team. Um, so that means the image vertical, adding the 
the dot 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 the, the contextual menu so you can like download items or share them directly from the search page that's a couple of the features uh, i've been working on um i'm also trying to deprecate all the classic search sharepoint features like query rules promoter results not the features themselves but the dependency in our in microsoft search for these modern search experiences yeah. just because they're so tied to sharepoint content and we're and we're moving beyond SharePoint content. It's get, getting all our other M365 items as well, like conversations, connector items. And that means technically, since this feature sits in the SharePoint content farm or in the backend, right? That means we can't easily just make it work for any other item, yeah. especially having the admin UX in SharePoint because it's not, it wouldn't be SharePoint specific. Yeah. So I'm trying so to sort of deprecate some of these slowly. So I, I started that three years ago, so I wrote the document three years ago, and I'm like piecemeal doing feature by feature, uh, trying to remove the dependency. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, so does that mean that we will see the these abilities M35 all up, so that, that you will be able to have a query rule on something you search, and that applies to everything 365 no, so as opposed to just just the things in, uh, in, in docs? Yeah. Yeah, so for those those who are not aware, how, so query rules work threefold, uh, I think. So one is you trigger and you show a promoter result or a best bet on top. So that feature has been moved over to uh, bookmarks, uh, but only at the tenant level because it works. It works in Teams, uh, it works in Outlook, it works on Bing at work. Uh, <clears throat> but we don't have the support for SharePoint sites yet. So, so we're working to sort of bring that same feature into SharePoint site. So that means query rules are still very much in use in SharePoint site scope or hub site uh, scope search. And then you have the other, <clears throat> the other way where you, okay, you can trigger something and then you rewrite the query. Uh, that feature has never been supported in um, modern search uh, and we likely won't bring it forward. Um, there's other features which I think might be better uh, because typically you would maybe have a term and you want to expand to some other term uh, or uh, or if you write like PowerPoint, you want to scope down to PowerPoint. So we're adding some natural language features, some other features which sort of automatically would cover this for you, which makes it less work for you to set up. Uh, so we're not bringing them over in terms of that and, the, and there's some targeting things in query um querels has it's weird and it's well i'll i'll be blunt like the, if you're if you're an admin just using the the ux to, to work with querels i mean you you need a lot of coffee you need a lot of yes. time and a lot of coffee <laughs> pay if attention you, to commas yeah yeah and also like if you move be beyond five or ten querels just it, it's just man manageable, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so it's more of finding successor feature where they may make sense. So that means these features are not necessarily uh, on the team I work with, uh, but I I like to sort of be opinionated and follow up on everything, especially in SharePoint, since that's my history and uh, and I'm allowed to do that. Uh, sort of, I mean, use your strength, right? Uh, right. Which is a good thing. Yep. So, so trying to sort of to make a coherent story and um, and about features being shipped, which you maybe not uh, didn't announce yourself. So hub site search and defining sort of the technical things for the query or for the KQL to in order to roll up and have that work. That was my first PM spec way way back, and it and it probably took over a year or a year and a half or something before it shipped. And yeah. yeah. And I That's think, part of the game as well, because then there's features which actually never ship, yeah, yeah. even being built and, and done, but then some of them do ship. And, and then, yeah, and it was also tied to the related hub sites work, right? So yep. I think so SharePoint, the SharePoint team actually forgot to tell us that they shipped related uh, hub sites. So we were like one day after where we so okay, we need to enable this for, for all the customers yeah. because now it's shipped. <laughs> so, so the one yeah. that interests me, right? Like in the past at Microsoft, you, we would have this crystal thing and for everything you would ship you would have this little badge do you, do you is there still still equivalent no. of that nowadays no, no because yep. like you ship yep. so often so much yep. so there's basically no more ship, ship it awards yeah so that means if you want an acknowledgement you need to write the blog post and about it yourself right <laughs> then you, then you get an acknowledgement Good yeah job. exactly pat exactly. yourself on the back buy yourself a cake at the office right i mean any opportunity to have cake right so <laughs> yeah well <laughs> Now, can you can you actually so that that's kind of super detailed on a search side. For yeah. those who do not know what is a principal program manager, can you talk about a bit of how your day product. actually works? Pro so, product so, no. manager, Vesa. 
product product manager. Like, so how does how does your day actually work? So what actually well, happens? In yeah, your so, I mean, life. Yeah, yeah, so there's different levels. So I'm, so, I, so I'm the only principal PM in our PM team. So, uh, so part of my work is working on specific features. That means I, I write the spec. I ensure that we do all the the user research, interact with with designers, sort of end to end for, for the feature how it should work before we hand it over to developers. Um, since I have a very technical background, I interact a lot with the developers as well. So, I mean, I won't write the code, but I'll actually review the code and maybe I have comments and yes, I do some small PRs every now and then, but uh, <clears throat> so that's that's part of it. Uh, the other part is overseeing partners doing features uh, in, in search because we're just one small team, but the, the Microsoft Search V team is split across multiple geographies, countries, time zones and even orgs, so we're not in the same org. I mean, so I'm in the FAST organization, which is in Norway, um, which is under, I guess, experiences and devices, but then you have other teams which are under other organizations, but we're still working on the same thing. So paying attention to what the partners are doing because they need to light up their things in our UX, right? So, so we own yep. the UX. So ensuring that everything meets uh, the, the quality bar, the product bar, all instrumentation is in place, just verifying end to end that everything works before experimentation starts and then the lining, okay, are there any experiments which can't run at the same time? And for those curious about what an experiment is, that means we are testing each feature as with A, B or A, B, C testing, right? We're looking at metrics and scorecards. So that's sort of the flip side of that. Looking at scorecards, spend a lot of time looking at scorecards, preparing the scorecards or the important parts of scorecards for different flight flight reviews so we can flight this internally 100% in Microsoft, go to target release, go to production. <clears throat> and then the last thing- Write the I, blog post. Yes. <laughs> and write the blog post, yes. yes. And I also spend a lot of time uh, for at least this half year for bringing Microsoft search features out to the sovereign clouds. So that means right. the, yeah. So what's the typical called GCC moderate, GCC high, department of all defense, et cetera. So there's yes. some other clause that have the normal production where there are other compliance um, things which has to be covered. Uh, and I'm also yeah. the com compliance champ sort of on the UX team. So yeah, so um, I'm pretty busy most of the day. So I, I guess my, uh, <laughs> the hardest part but is it, organizing it, and setting up time blocks for, for everything. Is right? that like meetings, meetings, emails, chats, um, Speaking yeah. across yeah. the whole board. yeah. Yeah, so it's I think like Tuesdays, that's my my meeting day where I have meetings from eight in the morning until nine or 10 in the evening. And typically it's like half hour, 45 minutes sinks and then maybe some space in between, but 11 or 12 meetings on a Tuesday is not uncommon. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. One thing you mentioned a few times is mm. UX. Yes. There's one thing that people on 365, SharePoint particularly, are passionate about mm. is changing UX beyond anything you would recognize. Yes. What's your um, philosophy to UX on search and customizing and extending that and drawing the line between things that we want to at Microsoft offer turnkey versus where people can go really berserk and change anything they want in right. the wildest dreams. And that's a super challenging thing to cover. So the the product me think, well, okay, we should be we should control the UX fairly well have have a good opinion of what you can do and what you cannot do. That means okay, we own the UX. Will we might give you some affordances, like we are starting to do with adaptive cards for at least the connector results. This um, at the end target release, you can also do some of the Sherpa items. So, so it is opening up, right? Um, but allowing full flexibility is a challenge when you move out of SharePoint. And since our experience is not only in SharePoint, it's on Office.com, it's in Microsoft Search and Bing. I mean, we have a close relationship with with the work vertical and Bing. You and then using the same UX components, like from a code point of view. Uh, and then, yeah, the Windows search box, right, which is driven <clears throat> by some of the Microsoft search. So if you want to have consistency across clients, you need to lock down. Uh, of course, then you have the other community 
Mikael running yep. the PMP Modern Search which project, is, which is one of the follow-up questions. And right, right, where well. you have where you have full flexibility and you can do your own HTML and CSS, uh, which is locked down by default. But you can do custom web components using the Shipman framework, and that means you can do any click, you know, like you can do anything you want. Um, so, so, so what's what's the better balance, right? Um, and, and there's a lot of small customers and large customers. They want to do customization. I mean, they want to customize like this tiny piece, like have some context into the search results. And it's finding that 99.9% .9 balance where you can keep the out of the box functionality and then do your own, or maybe, because if you do your own, it's easy to lose your out of the box. And that's where, if you do a fully adapted card, you can't do the action menu we have, right? you can't invoke right. the sharing dialogue because there's all these things um yeah so it's it's not an either or or an easy answer uh it, it all depends and i love having these discussions with with customers and internally on the team as well because my, i guess my my manager i mean he would like like to lock everything down because then it's all predictable uh the ux is predictable we can run all our experiments in a predictable Add manner new features <laughs> new features yeah. right yeah uh, you don't have to think about a random thing coming in and breaking the UX because it's very easy to create a crappy adaptive card with five columns and 10 rows, which will not look good if you in, just interleave yeah. it with all the other results. But, uh, yep. and then, but, but should we care, right? Should we trust the customer to do the right thing or should we have something, some con controls in place? So I don't know. It's both. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which is which is interesting and uh, discussion for sure. So can can you a bit elaborate? You mentioned the open source search thing. Um, that's something where you where you've been actually super active within the past years yeah. as well. And pretty recently you released a new version together with Frank uh, Corner on on the search web part. Can you do a quick intro? What are those? Why do they exist? Isn't so, Microsoft capable so, of doing a core UI? So I get SharePoint 2013 on-prem when that got launched had huge flexibility in terms of UX and the query rules and results are like, it was a super rich feature set, which took years to master. I know Waldeck's been dabbling with this as well in, in, in his past, A little, right? And then yeah. when SharePoint Modern came out, um, I guess uh, online, I guess that was 2016, the first uh, like release, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, <clears throat> Then these web parts, because the out-of-the-box UX was built out of a search result web part, a search box web part, a filter web part, a pagination web part. So, so the out-of-the-box Microsoft UX was built by with web parts because of all, all, all in SharePoint. When Modern came, uh, the Modern Search result page was created as a monolithic uh, React app. And then these web parts uh, were not being made. So you have the highlighted content web part. But then people used to ship in 2013. Well, they wanted to do the same customization they did in 2013. And that's when the PMP Modern Search web part started as a sample web part and sort of grew and grew and grew. Version 3, and now we're at version 4.8, I think, right? So we're adding new features. So sort of replacement for these search web parts you had in 2013. Um, yep. And then so I think I wrote a blog post some years ago where okay, some Microsoft Search versus PMP, and then my take is that okay, they are very rich roll-up web parts. Use them for specific scenarios. If you have like a content vertical or a horizontal scenario you want to solve, think that's where they should. You should not use them to replace out-of-the-box global search. I know a lot of people do that because you can because you have all the, all the web parts. Flexibility, uh, yeah. but but you won't have the same richness and all the same features as we have in the first party experience, just because it's not exposed in the APIs. If we were to expose everything in the APIs, sure, you could rebuild everything um, if you want to do that. So I think it boils down to return of investment, like to go one way or the other, but uh, that's why they ex exist. Uh, I can't share how many tenants, but they are used by a lot of tenants and a lot of big tenants. Uh, <clears throat> actually use them internally in Microsoft as well. So where they take the code and fork and fork it and then lock it more down so you can't have random templates just to ensure that there's no security breach uh, happening. Yeah. 
So I was just actually that was one thing what I was doing at the same as we we're chatting. I was checking the, the latest statistics and yes, they're used in thousands of tenants and hundreds yeah. of thousands of users within yeah. March. So, yeah, so they're might be used. The, yeah. So. and they are they are production ready. So, uh, so yes. I, well, well, I, I guess the quality is good enough so for people to use them. Uh, and I think <laughs> and I think the most interesting part is uh, I think it was probably maybe a year ago so we started getting requests to add more accessibility feature uh, so for screen readers etc because well if people who contribute didn't have those requirements so they didn't add it uh, so then i retrofitted in some of these which i think it's interesting uh, yep. and was sort of fun and valuable work uh, and something we do with all our first party experiences because you can't ship ux and microsoft without having accessibility yes. checked off right yeah. um, yep. and i think every developer should probably do this but it it is what it is, and it takes time for accessibility yeah. to be common in all components. Uh, and I have to say, it's a bit challenging using UI Fabric. You would think UI Fabric is all accessibility ready, but it's not necessarily the way you want it, at least. So right. that may, this right. is a bit challenging adding all the pieces in there as well. But it's, uh, yeah. And um, another thing you mentioned are APIs. Now, if there's another area that our partners are really passionate about are APIs and having yeah. access to APIs and us mm. exposing the logic, mm. the insights, the richness mm. of everything that we, we have to offer on Microsoft 365 through APIs. Right. Where do you stand on that? Because you mentioned, well, if we were to offer everything on it or expose everything on APIs, people could 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 achieve the parity with our experiences. But apparently, that's not the case. So, where do you stand on that? I mean, uh, I don't think we'll we will ever expose everything we we do. I mean, anyone can open their network tab and look at whatever search query we do to our internal API. Uh, but we have a lot of X, so we're sort of scenario based. That means if you're in SharePoint site or if you're on a specific vertical, we send in parameters, sort of those UX paradigms, which which means something at the API end, right? So so we, we sort of have some of the UX capabilities passed in as a parameter, and then something happens on the back end, right? Uh, in a pure third-party API, you can't have that because you don't really have a UX paradigm. So that means what should that UX paradigm be? Uh, that means you would just have to build that into your application and then pass in whatever logic should happen. So, so that piece I don't think will will be there. Um, uh, yeah, so I think, I mean, if you set up connectors today, so you will see connector results. So you might get some like a result cluster with connector results. You can do the same thing with API, but you would have to put that cluster in somewhere in your result page yourself. Uh, but I do think we should expose as much as we can in terms of functionality. I think that makes sense. Um, and I, I mean, I love APIs. I mean, I'm, we're using the API on the PMP modern search project. Uh, yeah. I also think it's easier if you build first party APIs as third party APIs, it makes it easier to manage and have full control of it. Uh, you get a better life cycle for it. And I'm involved in some API specs right now around search, uh, and then which has, and then they will end up in the graph somewhere, right? Uh, and then we we'll have to see how they they will end up. So some admin APIs around search, because if you if you can do something in the UX, well, you should have an API so you can automate it. That's just yep. how people, at least in SharePoint, right? So that's yep. where SharePoint and sites and hub sites come in because well, people customize. So. Yeah. Yep, and the customization yeah. is a huge partner opportunity, which is then mm -hmm. a massive growth opportunity for the platform. Again, mm -hmm. so it's yeah. it's a win-win story. Yep. If you build for a, if you provide an API for your service, then other people can build offerings on top of your service. So you're not only selling you as a plat as a product, but you're selling you as a platform as well. So yeah, so that's sort of if you look at an end-to-end -end thing, that right? means if you want something to light up in the UX, which is controllable, well, that means you need to build the admin UX. You need to have an admin API. And then at that admin API, I have to persist a setting somewhere, which is unread when you do the user query, right? So, so it's sort of the end-to-end -end scenario. It's uh, the, quite a lot of teams involved and different backends where all this should uh, should happen. But it's uh, it's it's interesting to see how it all works, and then making yeah. all the dots, and then making all the connections so it actually works end-to-end. -end. Yeah, yeah. Now. Last question related on the on the from a product side because from a timing perspective we need to close pretty soon as well. But how how do you so as the Microsoft principal product manager? Now I'm asking almost a question to myself. But uh, you want to explain? In other words. No. How do you explain <laughs> for external audience 
how do you control how how does the, how does this work there's a new feature and then there's so many organizations and then how do you get anything shipped how, how does how does the the web actually work because the I'm, I'm with the web i mean the internal network and connections inside of microsoft to make things happen because you were saying also that there's so many connections between the organizations and then that can probably cause friction points and dependency points but is it wouldn't it'd be then better to have less organizations and more organization or what um I think there's pros and cons. I mean, if if everyone working on the product was sitting in the same building uh, or uh, or at least in the same time zone, maybe it would be more more efficient just in terms of okay, let's create some timelines. This is what we want to do, and then build it and ship it. But then again, um, I think having multiple teams with different backgrounds, uh, getting the diversity aspect in, so different cultures. Uh, and then more people involved actually makes the product better because when, I mean, so if everyone was sitting in Oslo in Norway, we're still a diverse bunch, but we're not as diverse as we are when we include people from China, from India, from the yeah. US and other places in Europe as well. And then and then having people uh, who's worked short, a short time in the org. So in Norway, since we don't have that many uh, development teams, I mean, it's fast, so we work with search, people and feed, that means you, you won't jump that much around, right? That means the people I work with search in fast in Norway have been here for a good long time. And yep. then you, you do get, I mean, I have my bias as well. I, I'm very much aware of all my bias just for my 20 years working in this field. But then getting, um, I think it's worth taking longer ship cycles and coordinating more every quarter or every semester with other teams to actually agree, okay, let's do this, even though we have to get some four or five teams involved to, to make this happen because you, you do get more viewpoints and it ends up as a as, as, as a better better product and, and solution. Would I like us to ship faster? Sure, but we're constantly working on improving the agility. So, so maybe we can do some technical things, right? So we can get bits or the code quicker out into the into production to customers, but we still need to run the experiments, which takes one or two or three or six weeks, depending on the features. Yep. So you, you can't really cut down on the experimentation cycle, but maybe you can improve some of the other cycles. Sure, uh, but that's something we we do retrospectives and and we get better and better. And there's new team coming up, and then you work more and more with some teams. So you get closer relationship, and then things are more smooth. Like any other development team, I mean, the first sprint for a for a new team where you don't know anyone, not so productive, right? If you look at Sprint 15 with the same team, maybe a lot more productive, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> true, true. and it's the same thing in Microsoft. And then you have reorg, so teams change, right? So you, you, there's const constantly some friction between a team moving over to something else and someone else taking over. But yep. yeah, you just have to get used to it. Um, yep. Yeah, and I yeah. think I've largely gotten used to it. I mean, I still want to ship. I want to ship, ship as often <laughs> and as good as possible. Yeah. But you need to have line of sight like more than a month or three months, right? Uh, true, yeah. true, true. And patience and kind of like, no, no, we'll get through this. And this is good. And then, yeah. and, and also, like you were saying, accepting other people's opinions and, and getting their input is super critical. Because again, if you only target from a one mm. dimension and perspective, yeah. it might not fill the full yeah. need of the product yeah. uh, or the yeah. service. And ensuring the accessibility reviews are done, um, everything meets the bar, the security reviews, the privacy reviews, the compliance reviews. Yeah. Yes, they might be boring, but as I, but as I'm getting older, I think, I mean, this process is actually more fun than maybe the actual coding. I still love to code, but uh, I love process <laughs> and people more and more. And so yeah. the interaction and how, how this works and the dynamic yeah. between. So that's uh, quite interesting, very challenging. But I guess it's also like, I think that also plays into, you know, with age, you get perspective and mm -hmm. distance from things. And, mm -hmm. and, and instead of just being really excited about this one mm -hmm. comma there, you're like, mm -hmm. you see the bigger picture and you mm -hmm. kind of like, like this makes sense in a grand scheme of things with the scale that we have at Microsoft, the products mm. that we build, how many folks they touch. Mm. It's really important that yes, they're compliant and safe to use and that everything is sound. Like we need to do that, right? Yeah. And then you yeah. kind of say, yep, that's for a reason. You know, yeah. like it's not, it's not to make, uh, to annoy folks like, no, 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 no. Like there is a reason for that. Yeah. yeah. And I guess it's a small world, so I know you had uh, Victor Villan as a, as a guest recently as well. And yep. now he's he's in the same org as me, right? but he's, yep. he's not working on search. But 
it's it's good yes. to have some of the other <laughs> the other well it's church related thing anyway so yeah, but, but like like having having some of the old people you know from before i mean i've known yep. victor for years as well as an mvp and in the field so yes that's i mean that means you have another touch point within the org on a different thing right so Absolutely. i mean I mean, if I need need some information on people, well, I'll probably ping out to Victor and he. You know who to reach out to. And yeah. he pings me on other search related things, and they're all interconnected, anyways. So. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That that's that is one of the key benefits mm. of working in a company for a longer time, for sure, because then you yeah. get those connections and and all of the mm. different friends here and mm. there. And mm. People come yeah. and go, but then as yeah. long as you've been not burning preachers behind of mm. the scenes, um, there's I always good connections. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I haven't, I haven't yeah, given Waldeck any candy in a long time, so I'm not sure like how friendly no, he will true. be the next time. Well, yeah. actually, yeah. last game, I haven't sent Finnish candy to him for a long time. It didn't, yes. it didn't arrive to me. I think it was, yeah. it was hauled by somebody in between. Yeah. <laughs> so we need to, we need to set that straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, pretty was, strange was, as a Norwegian yeah. sending Finnish candidate to Dutch person. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> There's good candy. Yeah, and then I, yeah, and then I typically would buy it in Sweden as well, right? Which makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is a small world. Yeah, it is yeah. surprisingly small world for sure. Anyway, thank you, Mikael, for joining. Uh, so really, really cool discussion. Good to catch up. Um, yeah. We'll probably get you on a show in a, in the next five years uh, for sure. Yeah. So for the time of five, well, appreciate five. you having me and yeah, love you know, being here. Yeah, always. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's always good to catch up and and well, we meet pretty much weekly basis anyway. But it's mm-hmm. it's good to hear the work side of the perspectives and 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 what are you using and and sharing that with the larger audience mm-hmm. is is important. So yes. I guess one of the benefits of this discussion is also to teach people on how things work in Microsoft mm-hmm. as well. So and understanding the important aspects like humans first it's it's yeah. just human connections so yeah. but thank you uh, thank you uh, Mikael we're gonna jump the next to the then to the weekly articles but I think we're done with this one thank you thank you, thank you Mikael. bye 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 and thank you, Mikael. A really, really cool discussion uh, and, and great to catch up. Uh, well, even though we actually have multiple meetings throughout the week as well. So, but it's it's good to catch up on on what has actually happened uh, within a, a bit more larger perspective from a time perspective. So really, really cool stuff. And it's it's actually awesome to see how we keep on investing on the on the search because that's obviously a big, big, big thing for enterprise. Well, it's quite crucial thing in the enterprise information well, world it's a big so, thing for because, everybody you want <laughs> exactly. to be able to find back your People things you and users on. and and data and everything yes yeah. exactly exactly but now uh, let's jump on the articles of today and then talk about other stuff after that so let's jump in there and let me share my screen uh, there we go and you can see my screen i can see your screen you can cool Hopefully the recording bot can see the screen as well. Yes. Yes, there we go. So somebody <laughs> just confirming. Cool. So it's good. There. If it doesn't say it yes, then nothing, then we assume that it's yes. Now, so we wanted to start from a Microsoft Teams uh, blog. There was an interesting blog. Uh, it's more kind of a technical side of the house, not necessarily on, on that it actually impacts most of the Microsoft 365 users, but it, there's actually an interesting dimension on this as well. So uh, walkie-talkie in Microsoft Teams is being integrated with Kyocera 5G rocket smartphones. And, and these are the smartphones which are targeted for the frontline workers. So people who are working, for example, in the uh, manufacturing, in the building houses and building apartments and and offices and all of that. And this way they can really easily then communicate between each other just by click of a button uh, directly in hardware. So it's actually kind of a cool setup for sure uh, for that. Not a, not a massive extensibility options, but again, more a technical nuance on, on things, how we were investing, really, really cool stuff. Now this one uh, then was on the Interzone podcast. From exactly, so we have another, another episode of the intrazone and this time it's about optimizing sharepoint performance and this time mark talks to shiam Harayan, who is pm uh, on the odsp team um caring about sharepoint running smoothly, smoothly and as quickly as it can yeah 
Yeah, there has been a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of investments on this side of the house. So, it, it, and it's it's one of those things where it's not necessarily super visible, um, but then stuff gonna get served faster and faster and faster. And then we have the the caching and list and libraries and all of that relates on this discussion. And it's really, really cool, um, cool to see well, improvements in this time. Exactly, and it is this one of these things where. When done correctly, you don't see see any of it because things just work and you yeah. see everything in an instant. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of this odd thing that, well, you've done all the hard work and then people are like, well, it just works. And people like don't even give it a thought <laughs> because True. of the scale and True. improvement because things just work and they move smoothly from one thing to another. Yep. And that's because all of the hard work done behind the scenes, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's not a new shiny UX button which does magical things. It's magical things happening behind of the scenes. And and we need yes. to remember that the scale of SharePoint Online is just out of this world. So it's just petabytes and petabytes and petabytes and petabytes and petabytes of data and being served across the world for hundreds of millions of monthly active users. So it's really, really cool. Uh, to see that we're investing. And of course, we need to keep on investing in here as well. Now, the, the third one was actually a blog post update from my side of the house. My side of the house. My, what is from you? Anyway, from me. So uh, so last uh, Tuesday, we, we updated or we released uh, a new version of the SharePoint framework 1.15. So still a preview version. Uh, GA is currently scheduled in June uh, timeframe, uh, which yeah, hopefully it doesn't shape, but June is the target right now. Um, but this is the second public preview, and the key points in this preview were actually the new SPFX customizer for list and list uh, add and edit uh, form. So basically, you can associate a custom component to be rendered uh, in a list. Let me zoom in here a bit. Uh, in a list rather than using the UX, the standard UX, uh, if the item is has been associated to a custom component, you can actually take control of the whole UX. So in here, we can see something what actually Waldeck wrote um, as an example, uh, where we are talking about travel requests, uh, but then we actually completely render the UX in a different way. Now, I'm gonna put you on spot here, Waldeck. Mm -hmm. So, because somebody's gonna ask, well, but you can do something like this already with list formatting. What's the difference? Well, you could. Um, and I think the main challenge is, if I can explain it that way, is that you cannot really, <clears throat> so when you use list formatting, it's in a way, way limited because you can only do the few things that you can express with um, JSON, right? Yep. So you don't have the full control of building things on the web. Um, and there are some other details there as well that you would need to take into account when you do that, right? The cool thing you about this approach execute is execute JavaScript and so on. So exactly, no... exactly, right? And in here, you can use things like Microsoft Graph Toolkit to load ad 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 um, additional um, insights from the workplace. You could you yep. could load even additional info from LOB apps. Here too, right? So you can build a richer experience. And now that I think about it, it's actually pretty cool because you can even build on top of the same list multiple types of apps. So you can overlay on top of the same data multiple experiences, which you can drive through uh, different URLs, right? Sure. Because that's sure. how that that's how you can you can associate them, yeah. right? So so that gives you this easy way of you being able to store the data in a list, but then have different um, process-oriented apps on top of that, the drive kind yes. of experiences, right? right? Because here, I, I think in this case, the idea is that you don't want to add the whole um, item. And like in here, we could add a field that allows you to add a comment. But in, in here, we are editing the item in a sense that we're changing the approved flag. But that's yep. being done through a button as opposed to a manager opening the item, seeing all fields by coincidence, maybe changing something somewhere. Like, no, 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 no. Like we really want to make it as simple as we can, adding the visual of the map, allowing you to see the locations and a line between them, and then only allowing you or giving you the options that are relevant to you as opposed to you having the ability to change anything and everything, right? Yeah. 
and and just to elaborate on that a bit, of course, SPFX is a pro developer story. Uh, you can do CI, CD testing, QA, team development, or team development. You can connect to anywhere in the world. All of the APIs you have, and and the cool thing here is that you control everything. You control the whole UX, and if you associate this to the to the list uh, or in a content type, in this case, in a list depending on, again, terminology a bit, but but again, end users cannot associate that away. So the list formatting and the JSON is always end user kind of a driven, and they can go and modify and even, even break that by an, by an accident. But with SPFX, it's packaged solution, which is deployed centrally and managed centrally. So a really, really cool new opportunity for sure. And, and that's, I think it has 2,500 votes in the, Feedback for portal. So. It's been a thing that people have been asking for for a long time. Yes, finally getting there. Finally, about time. Now, related on, on other things what we're doing, uh, uh, related on the, the promotion of SPFX and one of the big things in the 1.15 is going to be also Viva Connections. Um, we will have uh, 26th of April, uh, which is actually on the date that this podcast or the video is getting released, a special Viva Connection Ask Me Anything session uh, where we have the engineering people. So the PM leads, well, including me, but not I'm more a community lead, but then the, actually the developers as well answering any questions questions uh, related on Viva Connection. That, that's, a, that's a great, great, great opportunity for anybody to join. Now, we are, for whatever reason, quite SharePoint framework specific today um, because of the news, which aren't getting published. Uh, but anyway, so there was a new podcast also from Microsoft 365 developer side of the house. Yes. So Jeremy, why, why is it side of the house? Why? Why? I don't, you, like, you, you talk very much about <laughs> sides, yes. So uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Fake and Paul Schaefline talk to Ed Everett, who is your boss. That's yes. Well, right? manager is a better term. Technically, same thing. <laughs> What's in the word, right? <laughs> Anyways, right, so who is your manager? And they talked about... Um, SPFX, or actually, I think it's broader than that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. how can you extend SharePoint, OneDrive, Viva connections across the board? And they talked about like the past of that, how um, how it is that some things are the way they are, which is a really interesting thing to know to keep in the back of your head in case you're wondering like, why is it that way, or why don't we do X? Well, listen to this episode and learn. Absolutely, absolutely. Really good discussion. I think it was like 30 minutes also. It's the length is, is really, really good for a lunch break uh, consumption. We we also had a new blog post in the uh, the platform, uh, Microsoft 365 platform community blog uh, from Anton Paul, uh, copy a SharePoint list with PMP PowerShell. And that's actually a really cool uh, blog post related on how does the PMP PowerShell work and what are the options and how do you connect to the list? Um, and then uh, how do you then use the transition information from one list to another? So really, really cool stuff as well. Uh, in this case, um, this is mainly using uh, the list templating uh, option and then the list to extract, oh, sorry, site uh, the PMP templating option and then we're saying the list to extract is the categories and then we can even say get the content as well, So which is actually really, really cool. So you're extracting a template related on that list and then you apply that to another site or a tenant. So Yeah, that that is probably one of the things I can imagine people did a lot like like the other week. I think when I was building demo for you for build, I needed to do exactly that. Like I had a list in 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 a size like, oh no, I need that list in a different site. How do I move yep. it? Uh, yep. You know yep. what? Let me just recreate it because it's just too hard. So that script would have been really helpful. Absolutely, absolutely, really cool stuff. Thank you for that, uh, Anton. And then we had a, a blog post from Shantani. Exactly. Getting started with ACE, which are adaptive card extensions for Viva connections in SPFX. So this is an article again for if you're new to it, how can you start extending Viva um, connections with components that bring in info from your LOB apps, from insights from the workplace and other things? How So how do you start? What is the, the basic flow? So this is a really great article for anybody who is new and is willing to learn about this uh, new ability. Yep, 
really really cool stuff and 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 even the development time details related on how do i do hosting and all of that so, uh, testing and debugging and so thank you chandani for that one really really cool stuff then we had something really interesting on that related on azure communication services which is basically the services behind of the microsoft teams so kind of a, there's a there's the microsoft teams which is the SaaS service and the ux but then behind of the scenes it's azure communication services which is powering the teams to do the call and chatting and all of that stuff and and the acs also provides this option where you can actually take uh, and integrate microsoft teams to an external application so you can actually then imagine that you have b2c business to consumer side discussions in a video calls all of that stuff uh, doctor visits and all of that so you can easily do that kind of things and they have a new set of uh, controls available which will make it easier for um, in the making that integration to happen. This is really, really great direction, so to say, that we are actually providing reusable controls this fast for this capability. So, well, and, and, and I mean, it makes perfect sense because at the, end, yep. at the end of the day, why would everybody have to build their own exactly. chat component? Exactly. And like, there exactly. is no like, like the, a USB isn't in a chat itself. It's how do yep. you, how does the chat fit into a bigger app? So with that, we yeah. kind of raise the bar, uh, equalize the field for everybody. Like, no, no, everybody can just bring ability of teams into their apps just within a few clicks and it's yep. there and then build value add on top of that as opposed to, no, no, let me spend two months building a chat. Like, seriously, yeah. yep. why? Absolutely. Absolutely. We have the chat engine already in Teams, so why not actually take usage that one? Yeah. Now, this one uh, was from Lorenz Trent. So exactly. When you join a meeting, maybe you you prefer to stand. And with that, there is apparently a, a way to have your desk raise whenever you join a meeting on Teams. If you want to know why, check out this this video or this blog. <laughs> no, hands. Excuse Luke, mom, no, no hands. <laughs> Look, mom, no hands. Waiting for it to happen. <laughs> Thank you, Lorraine. This is actually really good. And but it's actually a good technical demo for sure as well. How we can do integrations of Power Automate and then run things even uh, locally from within your office. Um, yeah. The cloud is pretty amazing. And I think <laughs> this magic. this approach doesn't doesn't even require code. I think. Or just all that, uh, well, yeah, well, yeah. no, so this is yeah. a SSH. Yeah. You need to have the integration between the, the cloud anyway yeah. and the hook in the events in the cloud and then redirect exactly. that to the on-premises or to your office and then there has to be something which is catching that request. So Yeah, really but there's cool. no need for you to program assembly, you know, move no, 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 things no. around memory addresses and all that. Assembler, yes, absolutely, or C++. Yes. No. No. Um, Seedheart <laughs> had a good blog post also related on the form customizer, which just was released uh, last week. So cool to say that our MVPs uh, and community members are immediately starting building these things and sharing information around around that. Is on how do I actually kill, uh, how do I actually write the first version of these things and this component. So he walks through the step by step guidance on how to do things. How do you right now? Uh, you need to temporarily uh, enable the content types in a list. We are changing this a bit in the future versions, um, but this is walking through the current situation of building this component. So thank you, Seedheart, on making that happen. Really, really cool stuff um, to show what is possible and how you can actually easily do custom forms or much more complicated stuff as well. Again, it's it's just a placeholder. You can do whatever you want, so which is really cool. Unlimited opportunities, right? Yes, definitely. <laughs> Michael Mallott had a uh, part three on his series on SPFX DevOps. A lot of SPFX DevOps. Exactly. So he goes in depth again about um, DevOps in the context of SPFX. So about things like CI, CD pipes. How can you bring in automation to your builds, right? How can you ensure that you don't store credentials? So all of the things that you will come across when you build SPFX apps or apps using SPFX with it, with it, with a team and not by yourself clicking right yeah. and uh, doing a release, right? Yeah. So these are really invaluable articles that go really in depth and are just a must for every team. Yep, yeah. 
this is really, really detailed stuff. So thank you, Michael, on that one. And there's a three three series uh, right now on the on the blog, blog post series. There's three articles in this blog post series. That made sense. See, I'm learning English. <laughs> I'm getting better. Ah, yes. These Mondays are good. Anyway, so um, then we had a a new extension, uh, Visual Studio Code extension uh, from Adam Wojcik, uh, a CLI for Microsoft 365 extension. So basically helping with extension snippets um, to do operations in the CLI. I can't zoom in that too closely, but basically, oh, let me try to do that in the, there we go, in the live uh, Zoom. But basically there's a, a, a set of snippets which are then available um, so you can much more easily do operations with CLI directly in the Visual Studio Code. So really, really cool stuff and helpers and all of that. Thank you, Adam. This is really good, really awesome. And let's see how do I actually get rid of that view. There we go. So, and then we had uh, an blog article from Andrew Warland. Exactly, right? And it starts with a simple thing, at least at first, like what? happens when you move a file from one place to to another. And that's something that we see being done a lot, right? I mean, you might start a file with yourself within the OneDrive, and then when your draft is ready, you might want to share that with your team, or maybe there is different thing around it, or may, maybe you have different place to create drafts and different place to do other things. But it seems simple, right? Like you have a file here, you move it there. But what's going on behind the scenes when you think about bigger picture like audit, records management, permissions, yep. versioning, search, URLs, all the different things that are involved within the context of a file. Yep. Right. So this is a great article from Andrew about some of it. And then we also have a, a counterpart article that goes more depth uh, from Agnes who yep. also expands it to things like exactly search permissions and actually even keeping track who moved a file and when and from where, right? Like none of that is available. So it's really interesting and intriguing concept. Yes, you move a, a, a file, there doesn't seem to be that much to it, but actually there is, there are quite a few things you need to keep in mind depending on your, your requirements. And the history, the impact on historical things and activities and all of that, that's actually really, really interesting. And 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 it seems to be that there are certain things which we might want to improve in Microsoft. So thank you, Agnes and Andrew, uh, uh, Andrew uh, on on that one. So really good, good series as well. Now, we, we there was also a few new videos and video guidance. So uh, Natalie Katz had a new video uh, in the Microsoft 365 developer YouTube channel related on publish your app in the Microsoft Teams app store. So walking through those steps, uh, how and and I like the fact that we're, we're starting to do this splitting of the videos and explaining where, where you can find and what what, uh, because when you have a 35 minute video, it, it's good that you have the specific pointers to a specific actions, what's happening so that you can easily find that uh, within the video. But really, really cool video uh, walking through that process. Now, Paolo had a new uh, video as well on his series. Exactly, episode 202 of the PSS Tech Bytes. And this time around, Paolo talks about using the PNP taxonomy picker controls in apps that you build with SPFX. So he goes into depth, like what it is, what it's for, how it works, how do you put it to action, what are the different options, how can you adjust it? So really great overview. If you work with uh, uh, metadata, taxonomy, this is a control that you should at least know of. Yeah. And then based on that, you can make a deliberate choice whether to use it or not. After you watch the video, you will know about what it can and cannot do. Yeah, uh, it's a really cool, by the way, control because it, it really works nicely with the taxonomy setup and draws things. And then you don't need to worry about any of this stuff and, and creating the pickers and everything else. So, Would we otherwise build a control that doesn't really work? That's actually <laughs> the point. You probably want to build. Anyway, so fair <laughs> point. 
good point. And then as the last video, uh, Shane Young had a, a new uh, video. He's, he's pushing out uh, at least one video per week. Uh, really, really great stuff on the Power Automate and Power App side of the house. Uh, and this is really focuses on creating a PDF from uh, SharePoint data using Power Apps and Power Automate flow for free. So having the, accessing the information and data from SharePoint and then creating an uh, PDF document from there. And how would I do that in Power Apps in this case? And that's an adver advertisement which jumped in. Sorry for that. But that's it for this one. Thank you, Shane, on, on, on sharing. So that's it for this week. Anything interesting on, on your mind? Always, right? So this, this week, this week, today, I'm doing an internal presentation sharing our experiences with running CLI for M365 as an OSS uh, uh, um, pro project or initiative. Right. What are the different things that we learned over time and how do we go about um, engaging with community contributors, maintainers and so forth and so on. So I'm doing that together with Gary. Um, tomorrow, which is actually today, as you're watching this, <laughs> if you're watching on the day uh, on when this April is going to release, <laughs> on April 26th on the M365 platform call, I'll be talking together with Alex at about the recent addition that we've done to CLI for M365 around the ability to empower developers to validate their SharePoint framework projects for anything that might not be, be set up in an, in, in, in an optimal way. So we're going to talk a little bit about the background, why we have it, and then show a demo, how does it work in practice, and also talk about what is it exactly that we check for? And yep. basically then ask like, hey, what else would you like to see, right? So yep. um, if you build things on SPFX, you definitely wanna either join us in a call if, you, if you've seen this video already. If you haven't seen it and you've seen this video, get back to recording, reach out to us. Yep. Um, other than that, on Wednesday, the 27th, there is King's Day here in the Netherlands. The Netherlands turns orange for a day. Um, many people are not going to work. Um, public it's holiday, time to isn't it? celebrate. Hmm? Sorry. Yeah, public holiday. It is well. It's a holiday, but I don't think it's mandatory for everybody, right? Because like okay. you can you 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 can go to shop, do groceries, yeah, yeah, yeah. At, yeah. at least in the morning. So it's not a mandatory day. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a um great way to celebrate, enjoy the weather if it's nice because now now it isn't. Um, it's raining. Yeah, we had we had our our summer. It's time for fall. Summer, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah, Winter exactly. is coming. <laughs> and then, other than that, um, I wrapped up one thing internally. So now it's time for another thing. I hope I will be able to show more about it soon. It's something that we really, yeah, it's just you know these very much these these internal things. Well, like. We kind of th think about the idea that in M365 platform, we offer so many things, right? From uh, types of apps you can build and all everything involved with it, with like tooling, SDKs, resources, and so forth and so on, all the way to where do you look for info and what is the right place to share, sh share um, feedback and input, right? So yep. how can we make it easier for people to find a way, their way through all of that, right? So I'm working in, together with a few folks on something that might potentially help, and I hope that we'll be, we'll be able to have something to show soon. Yeah, makes perfect sense. For my side of the house, it's, uh, why is it build the side week. of a house? What, have, what is build wrong week. with this? Uh, it is you have a house me. and it has two sides, and there, there, there is your side of the house. Jeez. Anyway, so, um, but yeah, it's built week, so basically that's been the focus now um, that we're going to do the recording today, and then, then we can actually clear again uh, to the agenda on what are we going to do next. But of course, there's a lot to be done in the community doc side of the house and improvements, and there's, there's, there's quite a few community calls coming again on this week and, and so on. And I'm going to take Friday off because I'm planning to go to a large, longer uh, trip on a... Um, Oh, come on. The rollerblades? Uh, not on rollerblades this time. On the 
uh, standard boat, uh, SAP. SAP, 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 one of those, pedalboarding. So yeah, stand up <laughs> pedalboard, SAP. It's stand a SAP, right? Pedal, yes. It's a SAP. And it's, it's actually, you book a day off for something like that because of course it's been really sunny, you know, and no windy and nothing. And now you're looking at the forecast, it's like, Oh, it's going to be horrible. It's, it's going to be snow and hail. You will have like yeah. three meter waves. It's probably going to be five degrees, uh, which isn't oh. that much, but but it's okay. I have oh, a dry suit. Yeah. So, so what is the temperature of the water? Uh, well, that's four to five because we just lost the ice. So. Oh, my God. But it's not like you're doing that in a, in a short. I have a dry suit. For doing well, that, so yeah, but if you fall, it won't be dry anymore. Well, the tri suit will keep me dry, but yes, the water so is still think. cold. So <laughs> yeah, you will be cold. You will be dry and yet cold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, so let's see if if I will be able to make that happen. But um, hoping, crossing fingers. So. Exactly. So next week, you we might or might not have a recording, depending yes. how well it goes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We'll see. Anyway, thank you, Mika, one more time, uh, joining us for this week. Really, really cool discussion. Um, and thank you, Waldek. Thank you, Vesa. For being a co-host on, on the show. And we'll be back within a... Maybe. Uh, next, oh, maybe. We'll maybe. be back in the... In the <laughs> I, I, so I have a weird set of genes, so I haven't been at, uh, sick since 1996 or Don't whatever. Don't yeah, jinx I know, it. I know, but Nothing I'm kind of tempted, tempted to jinx it already because it's now. I was just yesterday thinking it's 2022 and I haven't had single so sick days. Co in well, COVID, you had COVID, but no, but I wasn't. Well, I fair point. I had COVID, but I wasn't sick enough that I felt that I would not be working. So. Yeah, but it, but it's grit, you know. It's this fin Finnish grit, sisu. You know, it's like <laughs> I'm, I'm sick. Okay, so what? You know, I'm just gonna go through it. Yeah. And and of course that sounds a bad thing. If you're sick, please be sick. Take time off and 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 all don't that. Be I, I, don't yeah, be like exactly. Vesa. Don't be like Vesa. Well, I'm, I've been blessed with a good genes related on not actually catching anything in a, in a bad way. So for now, jinxing. I mean, yeah, jinxing. It. Don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you, Waldek, on this one. Thank you, everybody who's watching or listening, and we'll be back within a week. Cheers. Bye.